Blog Talk Radio.
Well, welcome to another edition of Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number tonight, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for anything, please give us a call. I'm your host, Sean Holmberg. We'll be joined um, later on by Chris Herzog, possibly Paul Pintor. And so let's start it off with a word of prayer. Father God, Lord, we delight ourselves in you. Father, we choose to delight ourselves in your presence, Father, to delight ourselves in your provision, Father. Lord, tonight, we seek your face, Father. We seek to hear your voice, Lord, not that of a man, Father, but to hear your voice, Father. Lord, not the counsel of a man, but your counsel, Lord. As the word declares that the Holy Spirit would reveal to us your thoughts, Father, your heart, Lord. Father, we desire we desire to listen tonight, Father. We desire to turn our hearts towards you, Lord. Turn our ears towards you. Father, that you would speak to us, Lord. Give us wisdom. Give us revelation. Reveal yourself to us tonight, Lord. Reveal your heart to us tonight. Reveal your desires to us tonight, Father. Reveal your plans and purposes tonight, Lord. Reveal to us what your will is, Lord. We know that your word declares that says that you know, you know the thoughts you have for us, thoughts of good and not of evil, to give us a future and a hope. Jesus, you said that, that you are the good shepherd. You said that you have come that we may have life and have it more abundantly, Lord. So, Father, we choose tonight to hide ourselves in you, Lord, to hide ourselves in your presence, to walk. In the spirit tonight, Father, to worship in the spirit, Lord. Father, we yield our lives to you, Lord. We yield this entire broadcast to you, Father. That you would have your your way in it, Father. That your will be done through this broadcast, Lord. Father, for whoever is listening tonight, Lord. Father, I have no clue where they're at. What country, what nation, what state, Father, what circumstances that tonight would find them in. But God, you do. So, Father, tonight, Lord, we ask for a blessing to be poured out into their lives, Lord. Holy Spirit, that you would touch every one of them tonight with your presence. Fill them. With a joy that's inexpressible and full of glory. Your word declares that in your presence is fullness of joy, Lord. Your scriptures say that you have become our exceeding great reward. So, Father, tonight let us delight ourselves in you, Lord. Let us delight ourselves in your presence. Father, as we desire to drink of the water that you give us, Lord, that we may never thirst again, Father. Lord, we come to the altar, Father. We come behind the veil into the most holy place, Father, 
for, as you said, come boldly to the throne of grace in which we are accepted in a time of need. Father, we desire nothing more than your presence, Lord. We desire nothing more than a touch from you tonight, Father. Open our eyes. Open our eyes. Open our spiritual ears, Father, so we can hear your voice, Lord. Transform our hearts, Lord. Transform our lives, Lord. Your word declares that we are living epistles, written not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh. Father, all the praise, all the glory, all the honor belongs to you, Father. Heaven and earth could pass away, but your word will remain. You will remain, Father. So, Lord, despite whatever circumstances we may have in our lives, Father, despite whatever mountain, whatever obstacle, whatever sickness, Father, whatever bell, Lord, We choose tonight to place our trust completely and totally in you. You said you know the thoughts you think for us. Father, reveal those to us tonight. Your word declares that that which you have started in our lives that you will accomplish until the day of Christ. Father, tonight across the nations, Lord, We ask that your voice would go out, Lord. That your word of truth would go out, Father, and set the captives free, Lord. To open the prisons, Father. To loose the captives, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let your anointing cover this earth, Father. Raise up men and women. To proclaim your word, Father Raise up children, Lord With visions and dreams, Father Pour out your spiritual blessings, Father Pour out your spiritual gifts, Father Upon them, Lord Give them boldness and strength, Lord That they be strengthened with might By your spirit and in the inner man, Father For your word declares, Lord That it is not by might Nor by power But by your spirit says the Lord. So, Father, tonight we lay down our own battles. We lay down our own strivings, our own desire, Father, and we choose to rest in you. For your word declares to be still and know that you are God. This is Prayer International Radio. Our call in number 619-638-8458. If you need prayer at all, Give us a call, and we will be right back. And all who are thirsty, and all who are weak, come to the fountain, and if you are Thirsty and all. 
voice and ask for his presence. Cries out 
we don't realize that every single breath that we breathe is because of him. Um, in the beginning, um, the Bible says that Adam, he formed Adam of the dust of the ground. And then he breathed into him the breath of life. And he became a living being. And we talked some about how we're living not just because um, it's a natural thing or whatever, but because of the breath of God. And, you know, our lives, it, the Bible says that um, even our salvations weren't because it wasn't because of man, but it was because of the will of God. And so every moment, every minute of every day is um, because of him. And, you know, sometimes we just have to stop and we have to realize that our lives and the fullness of them are because of him. So, um, so yeah, so I got to do my first wedding, which is um, pretty amazing. Now, the interesting thing about it the whole time is that I was standing up there and afterwards, or after, I mean, during the ceremony, it just went through and um, by the grace of God and Afterwards, I was sitting there thinking, and I was thinking, you know what, it's really weird being in a place like that, um, where you're standing up, and I, and I realized not until a lot afterwards that I was actually, um, you know, um, how do I put this the right way, um, me, Chris, Paul, Pretty much all of you who are listening out there are all ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, not necessarily because someone came up to us one day and said, okay, now you're a minister of the gospel of Christ. But because we have the words of truth. Um, the Bible says freely you have received, freely give. And we have an anointing from the Father just because of the knowledge we have in Christ. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit does give gifts to men, and He gives us special anointings to um, fulfill the work of the ministry. But that being said, um, I think that you know Paul was saying the other day that it's the same Holy Spirit um, that dwells in Him, that dwells in Christ. It's the same Holy Spirit that is in every one of you listening out there tonight who's re who've received them. Um, so there isn't a difference between me and you and Paul and Chris or any other person who has called upon the name of the Lord and received the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit. Um, and the Bible says that God isn't a respecter of persons. And so... Someone, I remember being in a service once um, at a church service, and the guy who was preaching um, got really nervous. And all he said, he said, and he said to himself, "Why am I being nervous? I have an anointing from God to fill the calling of the ministry." And you know, it's true. Um, everything you do in life, everywhere you go, um, you have the ability. Because the Bible says we carry around the fragrance of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, there's a scripture 
and the New Testament where there was um, two people who were um, walking around pretending um, to be something which they weren't. And they ran across um, a man who was demon-possessed or just demons in general, and they were saying, in the name of this Jesus, <clears throat> whom Peter talks about, we command you to do this and this. And the demons looked at him and he said, and they said, Peter we know, and these other disciples we know, but who are you? And, you know, it made me stop and really think um, the last couple of days ever since that um, wedding um, as far as who are you and um, the identity we have. And, you know, I remember being on a... Um, on a train, I mean, on a um, plane once with Chris Herzog, and we were traveling around the country doing some work. And we would get on the, we'd get on a plane, and um, this one time, me and Chris are sitting in separate spots, and um, this lady asked Chris, "Well, what do you do?" And you know, even though Chris had a job that he was doing that particular day, when the lady asked him, he didn't say, "Well, I'm a." Um, I'm a computer technician today, or I'm a whatever I am. He said, I'm a minister of the gospel, because that was his identity. Not necessarily because someone had told Chris that he was a minister of the gospel, but because he didn't have any choice but to be a minister of the gospel, because he had received something from God. He had received a revelation from the Father. He had received knowledge of the Lord. He had a encounter with the Lord. And after having that encounter, you know, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Once you have that encounter with the Father, your life changes. Um, something inside of you changes. There's a seed that planted. There's that fountain of living water that Jesus speaks about that forms into your soul. And just like the Bible says, um, talks about marriage and it says the two will become one and the same way um, you become inseparable from the knowledge of God um, during this ceremony um, and I hope us talking about this is okay tonight um, during the ceremony um, they had this little um, sand pouring um, thing where they each had a container of sand and they had this bigger container of sand and they poured their individual containers of sand into one container and I was reading these words that pretty much said as these um, these two individual containers of sand represent each one of you individually and once you pour them they become one container and the sand can't be separated and I believe that once you've received once you've tasted the goodness of the Father, that's it. It's permanent. Um, you always have the knowledge of the Father in your life. You always have that um, undeniable proof that Jesus is who he says he is, that God is who he says he is, that he's real. Um so that it doesn't matter what happens in the world. It doesn't matter what crises has happened. It doesn't matter um, what, disaster, what disasters happen, what bad words are spoken, what um, forecast that the world wishes to proclaim. Your eyes immediately turn to Jesus because you know he's real. 
and you have um, different experiences, trials, and tribulations. Um, you know, the Bible says the testing of your faith produces patience. And, you know, the testing of your faith um, also will produce character. It'll, it'll, it'll provide a um, testimony of who God is in your life, what he's done in your life, what he's done that you've seen, that you've witnessed to, that you've handled with your hands the, the word of truth of the gospel. And that can never be changed. And that alone is enough to go into a dying world and proclaim that Jesus is real. Um, you know, everybody's going to have struggles. Everybody's going to have difficulties. Everybody's going to have whatever it is they have. It, it's always been like that. It's always going to be like that. It's never going to change. It's never going to be all peace and wonderful and nice and happy. I mean, there's times and there's seasons and there's places, but there's no one who's going to ever be exempt from having some obstacle. The difference is what happens when you run into the mountain or you run into the obstacle or the trial comes up or the um, testing comes up. Do you turn inward and try to figure out what your answer is? And because if you do that, then when you're in the world and the world needs an answer, you're going to start searching in yourself trying to find an answer. And there's no truth inside of you except for the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you learn that when you come to those trials and those tribulations and all these other things that you, that happen, if you learn quickly that you don't have the answer and that words of human wisdom, human knowledge, human understanding will not suffice, but you need something supernatural. You need something eternal. You need counsel from the Most High God. And you start learning to turn to him and to seek his counsel, to seek his guidance, to seek his thoughts, to seek his opinions, to seek what his plan is for your life, um, to find out what he says about a matter. Well, then when you get into the world and you find someone or um, the Lord brings you in the path of someone who needs the words of truth, who needs Jesus, you won't be looking at yourself, pointing to yourself, saying, I have the answer, but you'll be, I know who does. And then you easily become a minister with the gospel because you're not pointing to yourself. You're not a minister because necessarily because you went to school or you read this or you read that, but you're a minister of the gospel because you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You have a resume, if you will. Of the accomplishments of the accomplishments that he's performed, the victories that he's brought you through, the triumphs that he's done through your life. You know, it says in Ephesians, um, we are his workmanship. I believe it's um like two ten or something in Ephesians, it says we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. You know, that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It's not a isolated um, 
I'm alone in the world. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to serve God, and it's just me. It's you and God. It's a partnership. It is a union. Um, you know, Jesus said that, spoke about us being unified, us being one with the Father, as we're one with each other, having a single purpose, a single mind, a single goal. Um, if you have a Bible and you read the first couple chapters of Acts, you'll see something very um, amazing, something you don't hear about a lot of times in um, the modern church. We don't hear about it necessarily when we're praying. Um, but the disciples were praying, and, you know, um, it's probably not good enough for me to just tell you what it says, so I'm going to look it up real fast since I have a computer, and, you know, technology is amazing. The very fact that we have the entire Bible online in every single language, um, the fact that we can email, voicemail, send video mail, we can communicate with people um, in every nation. You know, who says that the technology of the world is necessarily a bad thing, or more or less, it's the technology that the world develops that God can use for his own purposes. Um, but this is um, Acts 15, um, and um, I'm going to start at verse 24, and they're talking about sending out some the disciples, some of the disciples. And um, it says, since we have heard from some who went out from us, have troubled you with words, unsettling your soul, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. It seemed good to us being assembled with one accord. See, there's that word again. I mean, this is way past um, the chapter 2 where it says they were gathered a place in one accord. Um, they're still in one accord a couple chapters later. Um, and it says, um, it seemed good to us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who also who will also report the same things by word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than the things that are necessary. And that first part, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. You see, the disciples knew that it wasn't just um, them getting together trying to come up with the best solution to a problem. They knew that um, not only did they have to be unified with the other brethren they had, but they had to be unified with the Holy Spirit. They realized that the that the works that they were doing, um, the calling that God had on their life, they couldn't do on their own. They couldn't do it with human knowledge. They needed the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Um, whom Jesus said, is to your advantage I go away. For if I do not go away, I can't send the Holy Spirit to you. And so the disciples would pray, just like Jesus, like Paul put in the um, chat room, you know, this is in, um, and um, Jesus would go out early in the morning, and he would go out to seek the voice of the Father. And whenever the disciples couldn't find Jesus, 
more often than not, he was alone with the Father to pray. Um, even when everything was going well. See, there's there's the, the difference between um, most Christians and, you know, not leaving myself out of this. Most Christians and Jesus, um, and by the grace of God, he's transforming us into his image. But um, most Christians have learned um, to go to the Father when there's um, a crisis. And, you know, um, the Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace in which you are accepted in a time of need. But it's not always about coming to the Father in a time of need. Um, Jesus did pray in the Garden of Gethsemane, um, seeking the face of the Father, seeking his voice during the biggest um, trial that he had. But even when there wasn't a trial, even when everything was going great, when miracles were happening all around him, even when he knew all the answers, even when um, he knew that the will of God was being completed in his in his life, and he could see the works of God happening, he could see that the purpose for which God had sent him was being accomplished. He still had to go every morning, continually go before the Father to hear his voice, to seek his face. Because if he didn't have that, if he didn't have that relationship with the Father, it says the Bible says he, that Jesus didn't do anything unless he heard it from the Father. He didn't see, he didn't do any works unless they came from the Father. And in order to walk and do the works which the Father had for him, he had to have that communion with the Father, just like we have to have that communion with the Father now. There's no difference. Um, when the disciples said it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us, it meant that everything they did, they ran by him. So it didn't matter what the obstacle was. They weren't going to the Lord when the obstacle happened, but they continually had a relationship with him so that they knew that when the obstacles do come, he was already there with him. The scripture says, for thou art with me. We read that the other night. Um, what they plan, what they say is the shepherd's prayer. For thou art with me. All through Joshua, the book of Joshua in the very beginning, God kept saying, be courageous, be bold. Um, let me turn to it. Um, this is the... Um, first book of Joshua um, in verse 7 he says it over and over again um, but actually verse 9 he says it's like one of the last times he said it in this passage he says have I not commanded you and not one of us can um, listen tonight well, not one of us can be wherever we are in our life and not understand that the Lord has commanded us and he said, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Don't let the enemy steal your joy. Don't let the enemy steal your hope. Don't let the enemy bring fear into your life because of the lies that he wants to tell you, saying that God can't do and perform a miracle in your life. It says, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, um, 
I spoke um, a long time ago, um, and I guess I'm going to say it again. Um, there's a book I read, um, and it was about having, it was called Practicing the Presence of God. And the book was about practicing having the Father continually on your mind, continually being aware of his presence. Every minute, every second of every day, living in the presence of the Father, realizing that, th that thou art with me wherever I go. Whether there's a victory, whether there is a battle, thou art with me. What can man do to me? What can the world do? For thou art with me. What obstacle can come my way that would really matter? Because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. And the word itself will point you to a relationship with the Father. It will point you and create a desire in your heart to seek him, to hear his voice. Once you get his once you get that river of life inside of you, it can never be quenched, you can never be satisfied. You can never have enough of the Father. You can never have enough of His presence. You can never have enough of the re of the revelation that comes when you, without everybody else, you are one on one with Him, like Jesus was. You and Him seeking each other. And, you know, we have to do it as a body of believers. We have to do it as a church, and we have to be unified and have the same goal of focusing and seeking His face for for bigger things like for the nations and for what he's doing and the ages we're in. But you need to enter into that secret place with the Father day in and day out. Like the like David said where he would lay on his bed and he couldn't sleep because he couldn't he had to hear the voice of the Father. Or you wake up and you have to hear the voice of the Father. You know, I've heard um evangelists who would have to go out onto a stage and they would pace back and forth in the back hallways and they would say I can't go out there unless I know he's with me because you'll go out there and people are going to be looking for an answer and the only answer is him the author and the finisher of our faith Everything is through him. If the Holy Spirit isn't with you, then there's nothing. You have to be living in his presence, continually walking in the spirit, continually yielding your life to him, continually being sensitive and observant to his voice. You know, Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice and the voice of the stranger they will not follow. But it's not only about not hearing the stranger's voice, it's also... And about following a stranger, it's also about making sure you're not following your own voice, making sure that the counsel that you're following comes from the Father and not from your flesh. Because, you know, your flesh will always tell you one thing. God will usually tell you something different. Someone once told me, and it, it seemed sort of funny at the time, but it's true, is that when you have a decision to make, 
and you're not sure which is the right one, the one that you don't want to do is usually from the Father. Because your flesh, you know, it says that the flesh wars against the spirit. And they want to do completely separate things. I mean, our flesh wants to serve ourselves. Our flesh wants gratification right now. But we're not in the flesh. But we're in the spirit. If indeed we've been crucified with Christ, we've been buried with him in baptism, raised into a newness of life. The Bible declares if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. The blinders have been taken away so that we don't look in the world and see the world the way that everybody else sees it. We don't look at a situation and see a situation the way everybody else sees it. Men will say things are impossible, but we know that nothing is impossible. We know that no matter what the obstacle is, for that thou art with me, it doesn't matter if the Red Sea has to part it has to part again has to part again in your life. It doesn't matter if the dead has to be raised. Whether it's someone who's physically dead or someone spiritually dead. It doesn't matter. Because he, the Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I change not. The same thing he did back then, the same thing he'll do today, the same thing he'll do tomorrow. Because it's who he is. And if you're seeking his face, continually in his presence, continually walking with him. For thou art with me. It won't matter what happens. Because the peace of God will reign in your heart. You know, the Bible says to guard your heart. The best way to guard your heart is to make sure that he continually has a place there. To make sure your ears are never closed to hearing his voice. To make sure your eyes are never closed to expecting and believing and trusting and understanding who he is and that he can do everything his word declares he can do. He said, the words that come out of my mouth, my mouth will not return to me void, but they will accomplish that for which I sent them. You know, Paul said, wake up church in the chat room. And, you know, it's probably um, the theme of the century, the theme of the times that we're living in, wake up church. There's a world out there that is um, moving further and further into darkness. You know, the Bible says that as in the days of Noah, so will the end be. And there's probably not anybody who's listening who doesn't understand that we're entering and beholder in the last times. The world will keep getting corrupt. They'll keep getting wicked. They'll keep following the desires of their flesh and of their mind. They will keep being children of wrath. But we are the light of the world, a city that's set on the hill that cannot be hidden, the salt of the earth. Carrying about us the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in the book of John, He was the light that gives light to men. 
and the earth. And we carry about that same light in us, the fragrance of the Lord Jesus Christ, that wherever you go, you carry about that fragrance of the Lord. You carry about the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life that you can touch and you can affect and you can cause a supernatural and a spiritual manifestation of the will and the kingdom and the authority of God to take place on this earth in the physical realm and you can make a change in the physical realm because you know that you sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus knowing that the authority all authority in heaven and earth has been given into him, and we're the disciples and the ambassadors of the Most High God, declaring unto the world the, world, the words of God, declaring unto the world that Christ is Lord and that the Father has given him the name that is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess. We are carrying light into the world, and the darkness will flee. Be not dismayed. Only be strong and very courageous. For he is with us. And so you can make your decisions. And you wake up and you have that problem, whatever it is. You have that crisis that is happening in your life. And instead of fretting, instead of trying to figure it out, instead of trying to wonder what's going to happen or what am I going to do, you can say, I'm going to do this because it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to me. And I've sought the Lord. And I've heard his voice. And I'm going to follow in his footsteps because he's leading me. As the scripture says, um, something Paul put in the chat room, which is Joshua 1 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Day and night. You know, Paul said to pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing because the devil, the enemy, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Seeking whose lives he can bring into captivity. Seeking the people who aren't grounded in the words of truth. That when he plants lies into their life, they start proclaiming the lies of the enemy instead of the truth of God. Not understanding that your words are living. Not understanding that with your mouth you speak blessings and cursings. Not understanding that the Bible declares it's not the things that go in you that defile you, but the things that come out of you. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Whatever you're listening to, whatever whoever's counsel you're taking in and believing and holding on to it, that's what you become. Whether it's the enemy proclaiming whatever lies he wants to throw your way, whatever particular day it is, or whether it's the word of God. And so you have a choice 
which one you're going to stand on this day. Do you want to contemplate and think about and just ponder over what the enemy said in your life that you already know isn't true? You already know it's not the word of God. Do you want to ponder it or do you want to bring every thought into captivity to the knowledge of Christ? Every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And start, and instead you can start proclaiming the truth of the gospel. Start proclaiming what the Bible says about you. Start proclaiming what God said about you. Start proclaiming what his word declares about your situation. Walking in the spirit. This is walk in the spirit in Romans 8. And you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit of the flesh. It says in um, Ephesians chapter 3.14, it says, For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, Dwell doesn't mean take up, just come and visit. It means dwell. It doesn't mean that you go and see him whenever you need to. It means that he dwells in your heart, continually, always present. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And then it says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. You know, I don't know why, for some reason, I am remembering Jesus on the boat with the disciples and they're freaking out about the waves even though Jesus is right there and they walked up to him and woke him up and said do you not care that we're perishing when they could have said for thou art with us we won't be afraid and Jesus walked up and he looked at the storm and he said peace calm be still and he looked at them and he said why are you of so little faith Jesus said that a lot why are you of so little faith that you did not believe why are you so little faith that you let the enemy steal your joy why are you of so little faith that you're walking around thinking that you're defeated? When the Bible already declares that you're the head and not the tail. Why is it that you're of so little faith that when an obstacle comes your way, you start to worry about it and you start to be afraid? When the Bible says he has not given us a spirit of fear, 
but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Well, if it says that he has not given us a spirit of fear, then who has? Because fear is nothing more, I think, than a state of mind. It's a choice. Do you want to cower in fear or do you want to stand bold and courageous in the battle? And if the Father hasn't given you the spirit of fear, then it's the enemy, once again, seeking whom he may devour. But the Bible says he has given us not the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Of power because we know who he is. Of love because we know what he's done. Of a sound mind because of the peace that we have through him. It says the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. Why are you so little faith that you didn't trust him or that you don't trust him? What it could be is that many of us spend way too much time outside of his presence, outside of the very source of our lives, being separated from the vine. It says that he's the vine and we're the branches. All the nutrition, all the life comes not from the branches but from the vine. And you can't be separated from the vine for very long or a plant will wither and die because it doesn't have life of its own but its life comes from the vine itself you know something someone said the other night and when we say it on the show it may come off sounding rude or um, judgmental, but believe me, it's really not. But far too many people want someone to hold their hand. And every time there's a problem, they will run to any person whom they think hears the voice of God, hoping that they can get some word from the Lord. How is it that you're of so little faith? Or did you just not know that you could go your very self into his presence and hear from him? Did you not know that he loves you with an everlasting love that he's written your name on the palm of his hand and he's inscribed his words into your heart? And then when he said, come boldly to the throne of grace, it meant that you had no reason to be ashamed. You had no reason to doubt. You have no reason to fear that you, you yourself, can come boldly into his presence tonight. You can seek his face. You can hear his voice. If you call to him, he will answer. He said in Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me, and I will answer you, 
and show you great and mighty things you know not of. You don't need to go to someone else to hear the words of the God, God for your life. The Bible does say in the multitude of counselors there is safety. But as we read in Acts, <laughs> one of those counselors isn't a man. Because it said it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. It's okay to go to your friends for advice. It's okay to go to your friends to pray. Because the Bible says, when two or more of you are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst. But the Bible also says, if we know that he hears us, we know we have the petitions we ask of him. So if you don't have another person around to make that too... Well, then you have the Holy Spirit, and there's your two. And so you and the Holy Spirit praying, seeking the face of the Father together. And he says, if two or more of you have gathered in my name, I am there in the midst. So there you have three. And the Bible says the threefold cord can't easily be broken. There's many um, people in this world who don't have the luxury of multi-thousand seat churches. They don't have the luxury of a multitude of tapes and videos and online ministry they can read. They don't have the luxury of growing up having people continually give them the word of the Lord. But they, what they do have is they know that he is with them. And they learn very quickly to seek his face, to make sure they hear from him. And they know that their calling is sure because they have an anointing from the Holy Spirit. In First John... Chapter 2, verse 20, it says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. It also says in verse 24, Therefore let that abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you will abide. Once again, there's that word abide. To dwell. David said, One thing I have desired that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It says, let that abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. And if what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you will also abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him abides, dwells in you, always present, and you do not need that anyone teach you. 
but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie. And just as it is taught you, you will abide in him. What he's talking about is the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he would take of what is mine and declare it unto you. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would bring your, to your remembrance the things I said to you. It's great to hear preachers or sermons where someone has an amazing revelation from the Lord. But it can never possibly compare to the revelation and the explosion that will happen in your own heart and in your spirit when you get a revelation from the Father. That's just between you and Him. When you take this word of life and you begin to read it and you begin to devour it and you make it a part of your life and a part of who you are, and out of that word He springs forth a revelation and He opens your eyes and reveals things to you, and he starts revealing his heart to you. He starts revealing his plans and purposes to you. And then you become that which you hear. You become that which you believe. And when the Bible declares that you have an anointing from the Holy One, when the Bible declares that he is with you, then wherever you go, you can easily say, if someone asks you what you do, you can say, I'm an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ, anointed and called to preach the gospel of the Lord to the lost, because he said that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so we go forth proclaiming his word, hoping to find those that are lost because that's the ministry of Jesus is to seek out the lost sheep and declare unto them the love of the Father as it says in Isaiah 51 the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me has anointed you to preach good tidings to the poor he has sent you to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent you to proclaim liberty to the captives. He has sent you to open the prison, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, to proclaim the day of vengeance of our God, to give them the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. It's not that he's going to anoint you. It's not that he's going to put some mantle on your life and say he already has. The same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you. The same anointing that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you. The same anointing that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And will cause you to create life around you. And so you can speak to the, the death in your life and declare life into it. Speak to those things that are, that are dying or that appear to be dead or that the enemy has declared to be dead. And proclaim the life of the gospel. 
speak into your situation, speak into your life, speak into your hospital, speak to the mountain, and declare the mountain to be removed. Because if you want to know what your ministry is, find what the Bible says about Jesus, and that's pretty much it. Because he said, the works that I do, you will do also. And greater works than these you will do, because I go to my Father. What was it that it said at the end of Mark? When Jesus was ascending to the Father, and he promised him that he would send the Holy Spirit. It says in verse 14 of chapter 16, it says, Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and the hardness of their heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. He didn't say if you go to 20 years of school. He didn't say if you do this, this, and this. He said these signs will follow just those who believe. Anyway, this is Prayer International Radio. Our call in number 619 638-8458 If you need prayer for something Give us a call We're going to take a quick break And we will be right back
tonight, Lord. We desire to hear your voice. Father, we desire a move of your presence in our lives, Father. You said to seek first your kingdom. Seek first your righteousness. Father, we desire a move of your presence, Lord. Cause your spirit to move in our lives, Lord. Cause us to hear your voice, creating us a clean heart. Remove the heart of stone, Father. Remove the heart of flesh, Father, and give us a new heart that longs to seek after you. Give us a heart, Father, that longs for your presence, Lord, that longs for your embrace, that longs to hear your voice. Burn a fire inside of us, Lord. Burn a fire inside of us. Put your fire in our hands, Lord. Put your fire in our lips, Lord. Draw us into your presence tonight, God. Draw us into the holy place. Draw us into the secret place where we can come face to face with you. As Moses said to you on the mountain, if we have found favor in your sight, El Shaddai, holy God, Elohim, most high. Show us now your way that we may know you. That you would give unto us the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus, reveal to us your name. Reveal to us your glory tonight. Father, we don't seek the words of men, Lord, but we seek your voice. Father, as we cry out for the nations, we cry out for the multitudes who are without a shepherd, Lord. 
cry out for your hand to move, Father. We stand in the gap on behalf of the nations, Lord. Declaring your salvation to the nations, Father. To the coastlands, Father. To the islands, Father. Lord, declaring your salvation to the nations of the world. That the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth would be magnified. That you would raise the spiritually dead, Father. Through your power, Father. By your spirit, Father. Cause them, quicken them to hear your voice tonight, Lord. Father, tonight bind the brokenhearted, Lord. Release the captives in the name of Jesus. Father, for any of those who are listening tonight on the broadcast, Father, release those who may be in captivity, Father, those who may be in some kind of bondage. Father, release them now in the name of Jesus. Cause the prison doors to be open in the name of Jesus. Father, give them joy, Lord. Father, give them the peace and the fullness of joy, Lord, that comes in your presence. Holy Spirit, give them a new song tonight. Father, give them the song of the redeemed. Father, as we go into the mountain of your presence, Lord, pass the veil, Lord, and into the holy place. Father, we desire to see you. We desire to see you, Jesus. As the two men walking to the disciples said, Sirs, we wish to see Jesus. Father, tonight we wish to know Jesus above all, Lord. Take us into your presence, Lord, as we draw near to you. Take us into the secret place, Father. Let us be one with you, Father.
the earth, Father, a place where you can dwell. Dwell in these hearts tonight, Lord. Draw near to us tonight, Lord. Saturate us in this place, Lord. Rivers of glory. Streams of healing, Lord. Streams of mercy, Lord, for all those who are thirsty tonight. A resting place, Lord. A resting place, Lord. Make this your resting place, Lord. Give me your heart tonight. Lord, we surrender our hearts to you. We surrender our hearts, Lord. Everything that we are, we surrender it now, Lord. To you, Jesus. We surrender. before that great white throne the throne that's been established from eternity the throne which is surrounded with transcendent radiance the angels the seraphim beauty everywhere the river of fire that flows from your throne Oh, we love to stand before your throne, O oh God. We love to stand before the throne of God. divine encounter.
the redeemed. Standing before the throne of God, lovesick worshipers, lost in the beauty realm.
Amen.